Welcome to the Fit Affiliate Podcast, where we talk about behavior and behavior-based conversations as they relate to CrossFit affiliate owners and coaches. My name's Lisa Hetherington, and I'm your co-host. Sitting alongside me are Tony and Chuck, the founders of Fit Affiliate. And welcome back to another episode of the Fit Affiliate Podcast, joined today by the one and only Tony. How are you, sir? Good. I got a, a fuchsia shirt on, so I feel very colorful. I don't blend in. Yep. I'm not the wob- the wobbling head that I normally am, so I'll take it. It's it's a very bright shirt for you today in comparison to what we've seen lately. So. <laughs> Good. Not great weather, though. I just felt like if I just wore clothes, it made me feel like it was great weather. I could convince myself. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm. Sometimes you got to fake it till you make like it. A match. Oh, look at that. <laughs> With your bubbly water. <laughs> All um, right, let's get to the damage. Yeah, let's 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 crush it. Um, we sent out an email to our subscriber list uh, a few days ago now talking about um, the concept, are we selling painkillers or vitamins? Mm. And talking about the definition of that is that painkillers are going to solve an immediate problem. Um, vitamins are to almost provide insurance against offsetting a future problem. And the value of, you know, understanding what we're providing to to clients in the in the affiliate and what we do so i thought it was an interesting concept to talk about today with you okay we could talk about that that's fine yeah um i mean one if you're not a subscriber to our daily emails you should definitely do that that is different than subscribing to this podcast uh, as well as the youtube channel but you should do that too if you're not already done it, I don't know where the button is, but Lisa will inform you at some point on this. Um, we do send out daily emails. I find them to be very um, fun to read after the fact, and I'm always like, oh, I forgot about that one. Um, so the, the post that you're referring to, though, is, is essentially the very nature of it is painkillers versus uh, uh, vitamins, supplements, I guess, as we call them in this world. But um, the very nature of that is what is it that you're actually selling? Um, and I think that that's, again, the reason why you want to talk about this is what is the offer inside the affiliate and the affiliate model? Yes. Yes. We're going to talk about standardization. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, in case you guys don't know this also, I try to politic and campaign for what I'd like to talk about, but Lisa has a very rigid idea of what we're going to talk about. And so, as you all know, she holds me hostage to those things. So anyway... What is it that you actually do sell at an affiliate? And I think that that becomes a big part of the conversation um, for for the vast majority. Um, I wrote a, a post this morning, as a matter of fact, as a blog actually, about the very nature of the complexity that most of you guys, affiliate owners, find yourselves in. And that is, um, you don't own a business at all. Right. And I think that this is where a lot of the central frustration comes from. So this is a bit of a sidebar to the initial question that you asked, Lisa. But is is the people who don't give you advice and we don't talk about things, one of the things that we talk about a lot, no doubt about it, is marketing. Um, it comes up in one shade or flavor or another pretty much ad nauseum, right? That, and I think it gets coupled with additionally um, your prices. Right? That is another one that's like sort of like, pretty universal to the conversation. Those two are not mutually exclusive. 
the other side of it, of course, then becomes the other common thing that we talk about, which is service, um, you know, and how to provide the best level of service or what even is the nature of the service that you're actually providing. And again, that's also not mutually exclusive as well. So when, when you decide to go into any business, let's just assume that you didn't open an affiliate, you decided that you were going to build widgets. Um, naturally, anybody who starts a business is very excited about this idea, right? Because you're like, I got an idea. I'm going to build a widget, the world's best widgets for whatever those widgets are going to do. Well, the issue there becomes how do you convince the world that your widget is any better than anybody else's widget, right? And so generally, you, most people probably go to like friends and family. They're like, I got an idea, Lisa. I'm going to build these widgets. And you being the good friend that you are, tell me, Oh yeah, that's an amazing widget. I'd definitely buy that widget if I was in the market for widgets, convincing me then that I should go forth and build these widgets. The reason I make this example is that I don't know what a widget is, but um, when you pursue a conventional business, the very nature of whether or not that should be a business comes down to the conversation of viability. Will somebody buy it? Not your friend who's blowing smoke up your ass who tells you they would absolutely buy a widget that they're definitely not gonna buy from you. Can you get a stranger buy that widget from you. And where this becomes the conversation for affiliate owners is that they're not really sure how to get a stranger to buy anything from them because they didn't have to consider that when they decided to buy the affiliate or open the affiliate or whatever, however you found yourself in possession of it. Because essentially they find themselves in a partnership. And so I, I bring this up because Back to the widget example, if I decided that I was going to open a widget factory and I was going to sell these widgets, I wouldn't be in business for very long until I knew how I was going to convince the world that they needed these widgets and then to buy these widgets. Well, mm. when people own a CrossFit affiliate, they essentially don't have to ask themselves how to do that. They think that by buying access to the name CrossFit, that they're for in itself will account for or allow for how strangers are going to know what widgets you have, right? And so when it comes down to the conversation of, of marketing and why this becomes the, the conversation ends up up here is that I don't care what you do for marketing. I don't care what you do for lead gen. If you do it at all, I don't care if you run ads. I don't care if you don't run ads. I don't care if you stand outside with one of those weird spinny signboards. Uh, none of that really matters. What I do care is, are you doing something? Because this hmm. is where this becomes a problem for affiliate owners. Marketing is an elective to an affiliate owner. It's not a responsibility. And that's a big problem because if you owned a widget factory and you weren't telling people about your widgets, you're going to go out of business. Affiliate owners are lucky because CrossFit works and it works really, really, really well. And CrossFit as a company, as a brand, is really good at getting people to pay attention to the efficacy uh, and, and the benefits of CrossFit. And so as an affiliate owner, you do get to enjoy some degree of benefit of the casual person walking in the door and being like, hey, I want to do CrossFit here. I don't. But mm. the thing is, that they don't ask what version of CrossFit you do there. They don't ask what mm. your prices are. They just have their own conceptual notion as to what CrossFit is. And they'd like to do it here with you under your roof, et cetera. Then you find yourself in possession of a customer who was not marketed by you buying something from somebody else but wanting to do it with you. Mm. And it's no surprise why you end up with problem clients who want to do things in the corner on their own because they didn't buy anything that you said because you never told anybody what makes you you. Mm. So um, 
therein lies the first big problem with affiliate owners and why we talk about marketing so much. It's not that we care at all about it. Um, you know, as people who very much believe in the affiliate model, one of the things that, that's unique about the affiliate model, ironically, is its individuality. No two affiliates are the same. What's mm. weird is few of them could tell me why they're different from each other. And that in itself is why the conversation is so important to us is that if we're going to protect the affiliate model, we have to highlight what makes the affiliate model so unique. And that is the individuality. And yes, here we are talking, we're just skirting around the standardization conversation. <laughs> we're not going to go yeah. in there. We're just going to tiptoe around it. So it's your responsibility first and foremost to tell me why you're different, but you need to not be able to tell me, you need to be able to tell other people why you're different. And this is where, Affiliates end up getting stuck because they find themselves impoverished because if they have customers at all, those people are coming from somebody else's efforts. And if they're coming from somebody else's efforts, they're coming to you with some degree or notion of what they want to pay you based on those other people's efforts. And so you have customers that you got accidentally, not out of your responsibility. And then you have people who don't want to pay you what you want them or what you need them to pay you because they don't have any reference as to what it is that you actually do that's any different than anybody else because if they came in for CrossFit, why are you any different than any other affiliates in town? If there is other mm. affiliates in town, right? And so I wouldn't be surprised when you tell them, hey, it's 225. And they're like, I'm going to go to Joe's CrossFit because it's $92. It's the same thing. Mm. And you can tell them all until you're blue in the face. Well, no, we do CrossFit different here. But how you do CrossFit has nothing to do with why you're different. I mean, everybody, every single affiliate does CrossFit differently because well, unless you're all following the same program <laughs> standardization, um, you're probably going to do something a little bit different. So uh, that's the first big thing that I think comes up with the conversation of marketing. Why, you know, we get drawn into this and admittedly, we've been sucked into the lead gen conversation and all that stuff, but it's your responsibility. You have to know what it is that you do. And that is the very nature of understanding your offer, understanding your service, understanding where your responsibility lies. And that's where, you know, that post was centered in, you know, painkillers versus, versus vitamins. Hello, doggy. dog ran into the cupboard door. <laughs> she just fell off her bed and into the cupboard door and frightened herself. It's going well. <laughs> Get it. Uh, does that answer your question, Lisa? I know it doesn't necessarily, yes. I pulled you off topic. No, it's, it's, because affiliates will fall into the trap of, you know, what makes you different? Well, it's our community. It's the coaching. It's the program. It's like, nope, that's what everybody's going to say. Everyone has their own unique community. Um, and when we start, you know, as you're talking about, we have someone come in and, you know, when you're talking about telling them why you're different, it doesn't involve the conversation. And I fell into this trap numerous times of vomiting out everything that we do. Well, we've got this cool squat rack up here and we've got this, you know, we're going to do these things and look, look, here are our Atlas stones and our echo bikes and telling them the what's not the why's, which comes back sure. to our eternal conversation here at Fitfiliate. And someone who comes in is like, I don't know what any of that means. That means nothing to me. So why, do you want to charge me 225 when Joe up the road has the same sort of stuff and it's 92? Hmm. Man, is this going to be a long podcast? Uh, no, <laughs> I, I think the biggest benefit of CrossFit is probably CrossFit's biggest curse. It works every single time. Mm. Truly. I've Even never found a What's that? 
even when done poorly, it works. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any example where CrossFit has ever failed ever. I mean, I know a lot of people who have failed at CrossFit, but mm. I don't know any opportunity uniquely or otherwise where CrossFit failed to complete the goal that was set out upon. Mm. What does more often than not happen is most people do not complete or do not, they fail at CrossFit. Right. And so, um, we need to do a better job of understanding the universal applicability and efficacy of CrossFit that, that applies to you. That doesn't have, say anything as to what it is that you do. It just says how you're going to do it, right? Um, mm. But again, back to the, the original conversation, which was you know finding yourself in possession of the affiliate. You find people find themselves in possession of an affiliate, which is confusing to them in some degree because. If you're not a business owner and you haven't vet the, the business viability, that's a mouthful, vetted the business viability, <laughs> um, you likely have possibly convinced yourself you bought a franchise, right? Like, cause, and I think that this is really where a lot of things happen in the conversation, um, you know, for the affiliate owner landscape where they're just like, what does, what does HQ owe us in exchange for what we pay them? And the answer is nothing. You don't pay them anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, listen, I get three grand is a lot of money when you're broke, but like if you look at what you pay to use that name in the greater landscape of the business world, it's mm. not even pennies, no. right? Like, yeah. um, and so in the blog post that I wrote, which again, if you're not, you could subscribe to the daily emails. Um, in the blog post that I wrote though, it basically explains like what it means to become a McDonald's franchise. Right? Like, and in exchange for that, you get to pay millions of dollars and then you have to go through site studies and, and revamps and engineering and all these things. And then you have to get into all these complexities of all these other things you have to do, blah, blah, blah. You got to have minimum amount of employees. You get to go to do all these other things. But what you get from McDonald's in exchange for all of that hard work that you don't have to do as an affiliate owner is marketing. McDonald's takes care of all of that for you. Right? They, they pay for the, the ad spots, they pay for the marketing. You know exactly what to expect every single time you walk into every single uh, McDonald's. And that is because you, they pay so much money to be a part of something that is so universally recognizable. As this applies to your affiliate, this is where it breaks down because you know what CrossFit is. You've identified it as the person who has changed your life. Therefore, most of you want to own an affiliate because CrossFit changed my life. You have no consideration as to how you're going to do it individually, uniquely, or otherwise. And therefore, when somebody tells me or asks you to tell me why you do things or how you do things differently, you're just like, uh, I got nothing, right? And so then the first reaction is abdication of responsibility. They want HQ to do it for them. You don't want HQ to advertise for you or market for you because they're not going to tell your story. I mean, they're going to tell a version of it that is pretty universal across the board. Like it's going to change your life because like, it truly mm. will. But like that doesn't say much about what's going to happen inside your doors, how you're going to do it and how you're going to apply the tool that is CrossFit. Cause that's all it is. It's a tool. Mm. It's not what you do. It's just simply a tool in your toolbox and that's what you pay to use. Um, <clears throat> a big crash course in this conversation was in 2020 when everybody decided that they wanted to de-affiliate. Right? They're like, going to become cleverly community fitness so they could just keep the CF in their name because they chose some stupid <laughs> CrossFit name to begin with, like CrossFit Dental. So now they're community fitness dental. Um, um, hopefully there's nobody that, but I think there might still be that number or that person. But the point is, once they stripped themselves of the name CrossFit, they found themselves with the responsibility to explain to the world 
who the fuck are you? Hmm. And this is a conversation that gets missed for so many people. Like if you're just a boutique gym, you're just, you know, this small, you know, functional fitness facility, they probably have a much better chance at explaining to you why they're unique and different and otherwise than the average affiliate does because they have to. Otherwise, their business viability would have been checked from the beginning and they would have failed the sniff test, right? Like at that point, they'd have been like, I like the idea. It's got no legs, but you don't have to do that with the affiliate. And so you find yourself, you pluck down the money, you buy the, you max out your credit card with the, with the matte black goodness. It's full and people come in the door. They do. Mm. And that's where you get screwed up because at that point, you're given that advantage. You're, you're given the answers to the test. So you graduate without any education, mm. but you need to know what it is that you do and how you're going to do it and how you intend to do it differently than other people. And that's one of the reasons why as the people who don't give you advice, we talk about marketing so much because what we try to draw from everybody is an understanding, a clarity, a vision as to why your affiliate needs to exist why you wanted to max out that credit card, why you wanted to put your life savings into this, why yours needed to exist potentially in a town that already has multiple other affiliates. Like what were you going to do differently? And unfortunately mm -hmm. what we've come up with out of thousands of hours is that a lot of people can't answer that question. And I get it because mm -hmm. you didn't think you had to. You just were like, yeah, in exchange for three grand, I'm going to have a uh, hundred people who pay me $150 a month. It's going to be 15 grand a month. My rent's three grand. I'm going to be rolling in cash. Mm. <laughs> and then the reality hits you and you're like, anybody, anybody? Hello. Mm. Right. And so the first person knocks on your door and they're like, Hey, let me do lead gen for you. I'll run Facebook ads. You'll get, you'll get 1.7 people per second. They're like, yeah. that sounds amazing. And then you try it and all hell breaks loose. Because you don't know who you are, so you can't define and defend what it is that you're trying to do. So you'll try to do anything that you can do under the sun, and then you end up, like everything, doing nothing. If you try to be everything, you'll end up being nothing. And that's usually and universally what ends up happening to most of you guys. So I don't care what you do for marketing. I don't really care how you market. Again, get one of the blow-up squiggly things that blows their hands around. I'm cool with it. you got to do something. Because here's what I'm going to ask you. As the people who care about your goals, I'm going to ask you where you're trying to get to. And you're going to have to tell me. In the very, the vast majority of people, when I ask you what your goals are, I just prepared this lecture for affiliate gathering too, but uh, the, very, the vast majority of people, when I ask you what your goals are, you just give me bullshit goals, unfortunately. It's not your fault, but you don't know what your goals are. So you throw out a revenue goal that sounds like a big number or you you throw out a, a, a membership goal because it sounds like a big number or you throw out all these other goals that are not your goals. They are the community's goals. They're other affiliates. You're comparing yourself mm. to what other people are doing. And so you're like, well, X, CrossFit XYZ looks successful. So that's my goal. I want to be like CrossFit XYZ. And so you try to the best of your ability to emulate them and it fails almost every single time because they're not your goals. Right. So I'm going to ask you what your goals are. And then you're going to tell me. So let's just you tell me it's a million dollars a year. That's great. Awesome. Now show me what you're doing. And they're going to be like, well, we do about 250 grand a year. Perfect. So how do you plan to close the gap on 750? No hmm. idea. 
Right. And one of those big things that's going to have to happen is somebody's going to have to go tell the world what you're doing if you're going to get those people in here. And this is not telling you guys you have to go do lead gen. It's just telling you that if your goal is a revenue-based goal and you want to try to avoid a sales or marketing-based conversation or responsibility, you're going to have a hard time. Mm -hmm. right? You need to know what it is that you're selling, what you're offering. And that, I think, is, is the premise and the precursor to really the, the underlying conversation uh, of this one, which is what is your offer? Right. And so when most people are asked what their offer is in CrossFit, they're just, it's a blank stare. They're CrossFit. like, uh, CrossFit. Yeah. CrossFit. Right. Like, and so unfortunately, now you have found yourself commoditized. And that's really the, the accidental. That was never HQ's fault. That was really never, you know, market saturation, as everybody wants to call it. It was just a complete misunderstanding as to what you're buying because. HQ has one mission, more affiliates than less, right? Like they need mm. it because if the world, if the goal is to solve the world's most vexing problem, less access is not the answer. That includes number of coaches. That includes number of affiliates. So their job is to mm. get as many relatively qualified. There's some degree of screening there, right? The essay, et cetera. But like, it's not their job to weed you guys out. And if they do want to weed you guys out, all that would be doing would be screening out potential new affiliates that could learn and develop and fall and grow into their, you know, their own success. So mm -hmm. it's not their job, right? It's your job yeah. to understand that like, I don't really, they don't ask much of me. I don't have to pay much for this, but my responsibility starts right there. I need to figure out why I'm individual, why I'm unique and why people should come to me instead of the other mm -hmm. options. By other options, I think it's important to note, I don't mean other affiliates. You're not competing with them. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that that is an important thing to note. Like the thing that you're competing with is some of the other gyms in town, the, you know, the, the, I don't want to name the brands, but you're competing mm. with some of them, but you're yep. really not even competing with them. What you're competing with is big marketing, which is paying a lot of money to get people mm. to feel like it's okay to stay home and not address their health concerns and their eating habits and all these other things, which you're competing against is their dollars, but you're also competing against people's habits and routines. So if you don't have a compelling offer, and by compelling offer, I mean a way to get people to believe in themselves, they're not gonna come in the door. So you're gonna compete mm. for number of crossfitters. And this is what's happening, it has been happening pretty much industry-wide, is that if your marketing strategy is to do no marketing and rely on HQ's marketing, which is really pretty effective, you're going to compete mm. for market share with all the other affiliates and they're not your competition. They yep. are meant to be fighting the same fight you are, which is get the other people in the door, turn them into CrossFitters. If they've responded to, to HQ's marketing, they're probably already more than likely already a CrossFitter or they've already bought into the idea that that's the thing for me, which is great. And they're going to source out the other affiliates. That's a great a great thing for you because you get them in the door you don't really need more of them you just need to make them more valuable and the only way you're going to make those people more valuable is by doing things differently and uniquely and individually and that's why it's important for you to have that identity because i'm going to ask you what your actions are and how they're leading to your goals and most people don't know how to stack their current actions against their intentions they find themselves responding as opposed to being intentional and and falling in that trap of competing competing with affiliate X down the road rather than like you said these other 
you know, lookalikes, I guess, and not realize. I mean, that's the beauty and the curse of the affiliate. It is individualized. You can make it be no one's telling you what colors to paint your walls, what anything to do. Like, they don't even, no one cares what programming you do. That's up to you. So sometimes people can get overwhelmed with going, well, what does that look like to make it truly uniquely mine, but still CrossFit? And so then they worry more about the color of paint on the walls or, you know, their 30 minute class, 45 minute class or whatever they offer to be a point of difference rather than telling more stories and being clear about the stories that they want to tell that represents them. Yeah. Because if you look, it's easy to be busy. Yeah. And if you look closely um, at the, the marketing that's put out from some of these other, you know, facilities, they're not telling stories. They're just appealing directly to what, you know, people want as a quick fix or seen as a quick fix. There's no st compelling stories coming out of those um, brands about, you know, transformation and life change and, you know, it's – and that's our opportunity. Yeah. People love a story. Sure. There's no shortage of ways to tell people what you do. Uh, you know, you could – you could revert to storytelling. I think there's a bigger version of storytelling because people are like, I don't know how to do that. That's false because that is one of the only uniquely human traits is telling stories. So you do know how to do it. I know you don't want to write, but you've heard us say it a million times, start writing. It will literally change everything for you. Um, if you cannot speak, you cannot write, cannot think, you're kind of useless, right? Learn to do those skills, regardless of whether you're an affiliate owner or otherwise. It'll make you a far better human in the words of Jordan Peterson, and it'll make you absolutely deadly. Um, whether you want to be deadly or not, it's up to you. But um, you, they are unique skills, and you have to understand what you're doing. But it's not an affiliate owner problem. I think this is an important thing to clarify, too. It's a human problem. Right? There's a reason why the 1% is the 1%, right? Like It's not just because they were unique. There's only enough to go around for the 1% to get to be the 1% is that the 99% are not in control of their own intentions or, 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 or futures or solutions, right? So the vast majority of people live in reaction. They're in response. They go to work, they respond to bills, they respond to yesterday. They are not in reaction or they're not in regards to intention. They're not living for tomorrow. They're not setting time aside to become the version of themselves they want to be. They spend their time responding to the person that they are their title, their job, their relationship, et cetera. And the vast majority of people are that way. The same thing ends up happening because those 99% end up buying an affiliate, right? Like there are some affiliates that are owned by the 1% and you can own an affiliate and move yourself into 1% and you absolutely will. And we can help you do that. But the way you're going to move into the 1% is by abandoning the thinking patterns of the 99% and understanding that you are responsible for your future. And the way that you are responsible is by setting in protecting your intention and avoiding and ignoring your responsiveness and your reaction. And that's all we do. Right? Like that's literally all this company is about. I don't care what your version of success of your affiliate looks like. There could be 10 people in your affiliate. It could be 10,000. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care if it's got an ice cream machine in the lobby or if it's got nothing in the lobby. I don't care if it happens in the park. It doesn't even have a location. There is no version of success that is universal in the affiliate model. And that's important. So what's important is that you tell me what your version of success is. And then I'm going to ask you to show me what you're doing to get there. And one of those big weak spots universally across the board, and that's why it's this conversation all the time, is the marketing thing. 
but that has nothing mm -hmm. to do with advertising. Marketing is much larger than advertising. That's just one small piece. And advertising is probably the, the least effective use of your time because that takes both time and money. Generally try to avoid spending both at the same thing. Yep. And people will, you know, get lost in the marketing conversation and, and like you said, go down, think that it's about lead generation and clicks and all that sort of stuff rather than, you know, all the other things that go into marketing from, you know, your signage on your front front gate, your front doors. Like, can people, like, just find you if they walk past? Like, is there a, you know, all of those things, not so much here, buy this package of us and we'll get you 300 um, likes. It's, you know, okay, those people are not going to do anything for me. Correct. Why do I want them? Mm. And that's the vitamin conversation. Right. And so back to the original question of painkillers versus vitamins, you know, that is the quintessential Silicon Valley, you know, tech startup hedge fund question that people are asked by angel investors is like, what's the nature of your app? Right. Is it deliberate? Is it, is it, is it clear? Is it concise or is it vague and ambiguous? Like, and so the very nature of what you do, how you do it can be one or two as it applies to the CrossFit affiliate. If you choose to be the vitamin, and this is the very nature of how most affiliates operate, understand that you're going to get vitamin level responses. But painkillers, I don't know if you guys know this, but they outnumber the revenue substantially to vitamins. And vitamins outnumber the, the revenue to training even more substantially. So uh, you need to sell solutions to deliberate problems. But here's the problem. Most of you guys sell a supplement level solution. Not literally, but meaning when somebody comes in the door, you give them a hypothetical solution to a very general problem. And if they do really well, it will likely probably solve their problems proactively, both in the future and otherwise. So do this report back in a few months. Let's see how it's going versus tell me what the problem is. Thank you for sharing that with me. I'm going to solve that for you. That doesn't even matter how you do it. You know, you're going to use CrossFit. They don't care, right? Nobody cares what painkiller you give them, as long as it makes the pain go away. But you've got to clarify what the pain is because that's worth way more money than a vitamin is, period. Mm. And you have the ability to ask that question. You don't ask that question because you're not clear on what your offer is and how you do things differently. You understand the vague and the ambiguity of what it is CrossFit, and you know that it's universally applicable and appliable, and that's great. I'm glad that it is because it makes it possible for so many people to do it. That doesn't make it appealing to my problem. Ask mm. me my problem, then give me my solution. All I want is a prescription. Ironic, of course, that like the very nature of all things CrossFit is as prescribed yeah. or otherwise, but it's just the part of it that's missing. As prescribed is like, no, that's how heavy the weight is. No, it's how you prescribe CrossFit to me. That's how mm. this works. Like my prescription is what I need to do to get to my goal using CrossFit as the medium to do that. I think that gets lost in so many people. And that, again, I think stems from the very nature of I own a business that I'm not really sure what makes this business special because I think I bought a franchise, but I found myself only buying a licensure. So now I need to figure out why my widget factory is different than other widget mm. factories. And quite often you can fall into the trap, but I know I did it when I first opened because I bought an existing facility was – I'm just going to do it differently or better than what I saw the previous owner doing. 
So I saw things that she did that were not great. Like, well, I'm never going to do those things and that's what's going to make me different versus, mm. and you know, and if you're a coach and you go out and you own an open affiliate, you do that because you think that you can do it better than the current owner that you're working for. So most people will start with the intention to not make the same mistakes or to do things differently based on someone else's model of CrossFit rather than, well, I'm going to open this affiliate and it's uniquely mine because of X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's a funny, it's, it's anecdotal for us, but there's definitely an interesting theme that exists and we we've chuckled about it quite a bit is that um, there seems to be a trend that, the original owner is really good at getting an average affiliate up to about 50 to 75 people. Um, and then kind of unsurprisingly, the second owner usually comes in and they're usually good at getting it from like 75 to like 125. It's like the same number of growth. And then sometimes the third owner usually comes in and they can build on it because they're all just employing the same things, but off of the better foundation because inevitably what got you here will not get you there. And so when the new version of the owner comes in, they're not bound to the, the lessons, the history, the trauma, the et cetera, that the past owner has been through. They get to start from zero and build upon that, that foundation, which no doubt about is a head start. And like, if you have the ability to, to buy an affiliate, you should definitely buy it versus start one. But, um, you know, for that exact reason, but that doesn't say really anything about what it is that you do. And it almost becomes a little bit harder, right? And you're in like, in your example, where it's like, because you're buying somebody else's original dream, not only is it lost in the affiliate sort of conversation, but it's also lost in the fact that like I'm buying Janet's affiliate. So it's Janet's original. So there's like 75 people here who are bought into Janet's dream. So how do I put my dream in there? I guess I just don't, you know, I just rely on CrossFit's ability to get people in the door and then we're going to get to here while I focus on these other things. And it works because, you know, inevitably the first thing that gets people in the door is you got to tell them, Hey, I'm here. People come in the door, right? Like a fair number of them. And then, to get to the next level, you got to be here, but do it a little bit better, right? And so that gets more people mm. in the door. But then that third level, that sort of breakthrough level is that like, I'm here, we do it really good, here's why. Mm. That's the piece I'm missing, right? Mm. And so when you find yourself kind of in that possession, whether you're the first, second, or third owner or the first owner all the way through, at some point, in order for you to break through, you're going to have to be individual, you're going to have to be unique, you're going to have to be different, and you're going to have to tell. Right. And the, the, the post that I wrote, and maybe Lisa, I'll give you the link and you can put it in the show notes because so, we keep referring back to it. And it's funny, but um, it's just the dad framework of all things marketing. You must always talk to your dad. You must differentiate. You must get their attention and you must direct them. That's it. And all things that you do. And you'd be surprised where you continually and obviously fall short in that. Sometimes you're different, but you fail to get their attention because right? you could be different as shit. But if nobody knows about you, it's useless. Or you might mm. be different and you get their attention. Then you're so excited you got their attention, you forget to call them to action with direction, right? And so because of that, then they're just like, you're like, oh, why did nobody come in? Well, did you tell them to? Oh, no, mm. right? So just ask yourself that question. I mean, it's your responsibility to talk to your dad. Differentiate, attract, mm -hmm. direct. That's it. But you need to know what makes you different. You need to be able to communicate that differently. If you're, if you're different as shit, but you communicate the same way, you're not any different. Mm. That's a big problem mm. too. Right? So you must be different. You definitely are because you're an affiliate. You must communicate differently, aka 
market differently, do different things than other people are doing. Don't run the same ads. Don't do the same things if you don't have to. Like find a way to get to be individual. Get their attention. That's the easy part because there's a lot of really cool jack people in the gym. Like you'll get their attention. There's lots of, of stories like Lisa was just saying. Getting their attention and attracting them is pretty simple once they understand that like you're different there. But then you got to call them to action. That's it. That's your responsibility. I mean, that's kind of getting you into the details of like how to do marketing. And I don't really want to give you advice, but that should be on the center of your brain in pretty much all things that you do. Mm. And it's just having that, you know, not be doing the the same. I remember seeing um, a couple of local affiliates to me. I knew they were using the same ad agency because the ads were almost identical in color and look and feel and wording. I'm like, guys, the people out there are both seeing your ads. They can see it's the same. Like, what are you doing? Like, the general population gets saturated with this stuff, and if they see things that are the same, they just keep scrolling. It just passes by because it's the same, same. That's why, you know, being different, putting things out there that, you know, uh, leave a mark or get attention are, you know, way more powerful. And they can be super simple to do without costing you gazillions of dollars with empty promises of, you know, a truck full of people coming to your door. I mean, yeah, if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. That includes the gimmicks that people will present to you, right? I mean, mm. uh, so I'll be very honest with you. It doesn't really matter what ads you run. If it gets people in the door, that's all that really matters, right? I mean, what you do with them once they get in the door is the most important thing. How you get them in the door, that's up to you. Um, you can do whatever you want and, and make no mistake about it. Zero to one is 100% improvement. And what we're talking about for most people when they do copy and run all these similar ads, like we're talking about going from zero to one, like that's huge because they're doing nothing. And so moving to that one is a massive amount of energy and effort. Going from one to 10 though is a little bit easier than going zero to one. And then 10 to a hundred is even easier than going one to 10 because it's just exponential mm. growth. And, and I say that because it's not really about, you know, whether it's a problem for everybody running the same ads or otherwise, it's just that, you're still gonna have to do something different when you get them in the door. Otherwise you, you run mm. the risk of them being commoditized, even if it's getting them in the door. Cause if you're running, you know, similar offers and similar, you know, programs, similar copy, similar creative, and, and people are taking action on it. If you're not different when they get to you, they're going to just be like, well, they did. I'm going to go check out what they're doing too. And so, you know, somebody's going to have to be better than the other person. The cream will rise to the top, regardless of how you advertise or communicate that thing. But if you just mm. figure out what you do, you won't have to rely on advertising as much as you think you do. Because again, oh, you said this before, most affiliates don't have an absence of lead flow because HQ brings them in the door. Truly, generally speaking, like the average affiliates got a handful of, of, of new leads per month, which for the amount of goals, dreams, and overhead that the average affiliate has, that's more than enough. As long as you make those four or five or call it 10 people profitable. Mm. The issue arises more often than not that you don't know what you do differently. So you don't know how to ask of that differently. And so what you end up doing is giving out a free trial to four or five <laughs> or 10 people per month. And then they're not going to stay. Like that's the mm. worst way to get them in the door. Unfortunately, and I know a lot of you guys run free trials, but like you're giving them a free trial of the worst part of your business. Right? Like mm. I, there was a post before that went out about this, like giving a free trial to CrossFit is a lot like letting people test drive the car by taking it to the service department. Like you don't want, there's nothing fun about having to sit there all day while they change your oil and rotate your tires, right? Like 
a test drive mm. is fun because you get to experience the car and maybe you go park it at the restaurant and people get to see you in the car and it smells good and it feels good. That's not what happens in a gym. You know, like giving them a free trial mm. is a lot like giving them a trial to the service department, not the test drive of the car, because there's no way to let people feel what it feels like to be fit. Like, mm. So if you're trying to give out a free trial, it's not going to really work in the fitness world. Cause like, unless like, you know, something I don't know, you're probably just going to give them a free trial to soreness, mm. which feels to a lot of people who've never worked out before a lot like injury more than mm. it feels like and feeling. And they, you know, have to go through that experience of coming in, feeling <laughs> awkward and uncomfortable and apprehensive. And then next thing, there's a million things that they can't do and they get all that on their very first day. And it's like really hard to, to turn them over, you know, from that into, you know, um, having that first impression, I guess, of their first experience. And free trials can work. I mean, I'm sure somebody will show up in the comments and tell me why their free trial is working. And I don't doubt that you can make it work. It doesn't mean that it's easier. Right. I mean, mm. lots of things work if we want them to work, but you know, is the, is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak, that is always to be determined more often than not, because not only do you give them a free trial, the client acquisition cost is much higher than anybody ever does the math on because somebody has to take care of those people for a whole week. Something got them in the door, something costs them money, and then you get them into becoming a member. And then once they become a member, they're probably on a too cheap membership to begin with. So you're probably not that profitable on the membership. And so now you also got to take that little profit margins you got in your monthly membership and pay off the debt that they've incurred from their free trial. And then it takes months to get them there, seven, eight, 10 months. And we already know the average person quits usually around like three to four months, which means you're probably losing money on your new people on a free trial. Anyway. That aside, the point of that whole sidebar was that you need to know what you do so that you can ask a premium for what it is that you're going to do. And the easiest way to do that is to stop telling them anything about what it is that you do at all. Instead, ask them what they need. They came in the door for a reason. Nobody just found themselves accidentally in a gym and they're like, hey, where am I? Right? Like, Ask them what is the problem. There's not a single person, including your current clients or new clients, who is not in possession of a problem, a pain point, not like truly a pain point, but like something that's a frustration, a struggle mm. that no doubt 100% can be solved for with the use of CrossFit because it solves so mm. many things. Like we've talked about this in the podcast a hundred times. Not only does CrossFit make you fitter, more jacked and, and sexier, but like I've watched it massively escalate people's careers. I watched it, you know, help people change relationships. I mean, the, the, the end of that list is infinite. I don't even know where it ends. Like you can come in and be like, mm. I got a hangnail. I got the prescription. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> fix his hangnails. I don't really know about that. Don't quote me on that, please. But I mean, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, is that you can come in from pretty much anything. And the, the zero to one scenario is just as prevalent in CrossFit as it is in marketing, right? Like for most people, they're just going to go zero to one. And that's a hundred percent improvement. Like just simply getting them to move in a day and it, mm. like they're going to change their life. So my point, I guess, is that stop telling them what you do at all. Cause they don't care anyway. They're going to ask you, but they don't really actually care what they're asking you when they're like, what do you do here? Please don't open mm. your mouth and tell them about all the movements and the workouts you did today and the free trial, et cetera. Just say, well, we do a lot of things. What is it that brought you in today? Right. And they'll probably give you some sort of aversion tactic where they try to get out of it. You know, be like, well, you know, I'm just looking around other gyms. That's awesome. Congratulations. Why? Mm -hmm. Dig. 
just ask them why five times. Any prospect that comes in, you will get to why they're sitting there. And once they have uncovered or you've uncovered why they've actually came in today, regardless of where they came from, it could be from the same ad, it could be from no ad, it could be from, you know, HQ, it could be wherever they came from. If you just ask them why five times, you will invest in a better relationship because 90% of the relationship is built in the first 10%. And that is co comes from caring about them. That can't be done without questioning them. Dig, mm. ask for the questions. Say nothing about what it is that you do here. Great. Thanks for sharing that, Lisa. Let's work on that. You in? How's tomorrow? Mm. Right. That's it. You're like, well, how much does it cost? Tell them what it costs. And then just mm. be quiet. Please, just be quiet. Just be like, well, <laughs> it's going to start at 175 bucks. Um, we'll take a look at what's going on. We'll make a prescription from there and then we'll go. I don't care what you charge them. As long as you stop telling them what you do, you just tell them what it costs and then solve their problem. But you need to know two things. What it is is their problem and what it is that you do differently and probably three things and really what you charge. That's it. That's all that matters. But know why you're different. Stop talking so much and just charge what you're worth. Right. Yep. You are the painkiller in the supplement conversation if you position yourself as such. And that's, again, back to the whole sidebar root of this thing, is that affiliate owners do not know where they are positioned in the marketing landscape as to what it is that they provide, do, or what type of service they even are in. And so you need to know where you're positioned and then position yourself as that person, that thought leader, that, that leading edge person, and then prescribe them solutions, which is really just a simple way to say, Ask them what their problem is. Be like, cool, got you. They'll be like, really? Mm. Yeah, 100%. Worked every time. 60% of the time. <laughs> Bonus points if you got and that reference. <laughs> and I think that that's, you know, that's probably a good note to to put a bow on it is, is helping the affiliates understand and to know, you know, to not be afraid to have that conversation. With people, I think they get someone in, and I know, and I speak when I say they, meaning me, you get someone in front of you and you're super excited to have a warm body in front of you and you're like, I've just got to get them in and I'll do whatever it takes kind of thing. And so I'll just spend all this time talking so that then they go, okay, I'll just, you, I don't understand this stuff, so I'm just going to jump in rather than being okay right. with sitting in silence. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all value. I mean, in, in this, not to, as I want to make this any longer because this could be its own podcast, but like we already know that 99.999% of everybody is afraid of doing sales just for the same reason that most people have imposter syndrome. And we talked about this before, but like, you know, you're not selling anybody anything if you're just providing value, nor do you have to worry about being an imposter if you're providing undeniable value, right? And so the easiest way to do that is to stop telling anybody what you're doing and just start asking them what they need. And then once you know what they need, I know for a fact you can solve their problem, AKA provide value. Just do that. It's not even sales at that point. All you have to do is stop telling and start selling. And all that really is, is just start asking questions instead of opening your mouth and telling them what you do. Even if they ask, just ask them why you want to know. I mean, that seems rude, so we won't go into that conversation, but like they don't even really actually care. They're going to be like, well, because I'm supposed to ask that question. Mm. Yeah, but would you know what to do with it if I told you the answer to that question? Mm. It's like going to the dealer and be like, how are you going to fix my car? I mean, I can actually tell you, or do you want me just to ensure that I'm going to actually fix it? 
Yeah, probably that mm. one. Yeah. Like, yeah, you start talking about all the stuff under the hood and you're like, I don't, my eyes glazed over 10 minutes ago. Like, let's just yeah, make you didn't even really care. Ask, you're like, I'm supposed to ask. Yeah. Think. What we do. Yeah. All right. Good chat. Um, again, uh, if you want to f- get a little clearer on this, feel free to schedule a call. The link is in the show notes. Um, don't bring your credit card. We're not selling you anything. Just come and have a talk. Solve one one problem in one call, and um, that's what we're here for. Bonus, and get I'll on our mailing this. list. Yeah. Sorry. Do that. I said a bonus. I'll give you that blog post, and then you can get on the mailing list. Yeah. Perfect. Win-win. All right, my friend. I will see you soon. All right. Goodbye. Thank you, my friend, for listening to the Fitfiliate podcast. If you would be interested in hopping on a free call with us to just kind of chat about what you think your problems are and what you think the gap is between where you're at and where you want to go, we can see if maybe we can help you along that journey, figure out if we're all a good fit to do some sweet things together. So click the link, set up a consult. Let's help you identify some problems that we can mutually solve.